the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in over 40 states. Head to cut.com. That's K-U-T-T.com. Use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And we're also brought to you by the SGPN merch store. 15% off everything when you use promo code playoffs. Yes, sir. We are back with another edition of the... NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. No me, no the voice on the guys. Me, really real, villain real, Terrell Furman Jr. here at your service. (laughs) (laughs) Man, the Knicks going to make it interesting, ain't they? I'm telling you, the Knicks is going to make it interesting this season. They never, they're never going to go out there and win a game and just dominate a game that they're supposed to win. They're not. They're going to make you sweat for it. They're going to make you work for it. Julius Randle tried to put on a playoff performance for the ages yesterday, and then he woke up and turned back into regular season Julius Randle. So very, very interesting as my New York Knicks take down Scott's new Brooklyn Nets. I almost said New York Nets. Brooklyn Nets. 108, 103, get the cover at the end of the game. Historic collapse by the Brooklyn Nets. I will say that. Speaking of Scott's Brooklyn Nets, Scott Studio Rochelle, everybody. Scott, what's going on? Scotty, beat me up. Surprise. Yeah, doing well. I had the Knicks minus four. So I can't complain. Uh, that worked out well for me. <laughs> Definitely not the easiest cover, but Randall made the free throws at the end, which worked out. Yeah, the Nets can't score. Just simply put, they're really bad late in games. They've been the worst fourth quarter offense in the league for the last, I want to say, month or so. And you can understand why, because they can't hit a jump shot. And it seems like they have no idea who should be taking the shots late in games. I know Cam Thomas can't guard anybody, but can you at least try to get him some minutes late in games because your team can't score? Just a thought, but good one for the Knicks. I like how everyone was surprised that the crowd was heavily in favor of the Knicks. What do you expect? Like, the Nets are, what, eight games under? The Knicks are actually good now? Like, what do you think was going to happen? Of course, the crowd is mostly Knicks. So, it was a good game, entertaining, pretty ugly throughout. Uh, but the Knicks have more, I'd say, offensive talent. Brunson at 30. Randall had a good game in general. I know the turnovers were an issue, but he was solid. And the Nets, once again, blew a game light, which is a pretty standard thing that we've seen all year. But a good one for the Knicks in general. And I can't say that I'm shocked if the Nets end up trading some pieces over the next couple weeks. Oh, that didn't play. Did that play? Yeah, I heard it. There we go. All right, Scott. I'm breaking down a three-game slate today. And we got my guy joining the show today. Stu, monotone football. He does player props. He does content. He does writer, sports writer, all this stuff. Noted Washington sports fan. Stu, welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming on and rapping with us and giving us some props for the day. 
Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate the invite. Obviously, always happy to be up here chatting basketball with you guys. And I didn't know I walked into a rivalry, obviously. That that Knicks-Nets game was kind of brutal. Oh, it's not a rivalry. Scott hates his team, and I hate my team. <laughs> okay, okay. As a Wizards fan, I hate my team. We're going to get into that a little bit later. We, we can at least bond over that. But, yeah, happy to be here, guys. Got a good betting slate today. I think we got some good picks for you. Yep, and – before, just a real quick thoughts, because I know me and Scott are on two different sides of this, so I want to get Stu's thoughts. I don't even have to ask Scott. Adrian Griffin got fired yesterday. 43 games into the season. 30 and 13. 30 and 13, second in the – wait, is it second in the NBA or just second in the – in that's second in – no, no, it's not. It's got to be the East. No, it's second in the NBA. It's really? second in the NBA. Yes, they're tied with OKC, Minnesota for second in the NBA. So not even second in the East, second in the NBA. <laughs> and I mean, I get it. I get it. I've watched the games. We've been betting against them. And ultimately, that's what that's what this is about. Everybody's talking about it's about the defense. It's about the Nassis. It's about all of this. No. What's it about is that he was the least profitable coach in the NBA this season, or one of the least profitable coaches, because I don't know, Quinn Snyder might be lower. They they struggling. But one of the least profitable profitable coaches in the NBA this season, and the owners of the Bucks are the hardcore degens that were not betting Bucks money line on everything. They were betting against the spread and they kept losing. That's the only reason he got fired. It's the only way it makes sense. It doesn't make sense any other way. Stu, what do you think? I mean, I'm not in the building. I'm not in the building, obviously, but I, there's got to be a, a star player relationship. Did you guys see the clip of Giannis drawing up the plays on the clipboard against the Pistons? Like, you're giving player. off serious Darvin Ham energy with the Lakers. It was a half yeah. yeah, it's one of those situations where if you do something this drastic, I'm, I'm going to have to trust you on this one. And I mean, the, the results were there, right? You watch this Bucks team over and over, and you went. I know they're better than that, right? I know they could be playing to a higher level, yet they weren't. And at the end of the day, it's good to kind of cut loose and I think make a decision early rather than waste a season, go, oh, maybe he is the guy. Maybe we can mend this relationship. No, clearly something went wrong in the building. The Bucks jumped all over that, got him out of there, got Doc Rivers in. I'm not saying Doc is the, the best hire in the world, but I've got to trust that something in that building happened that just made it so this relationship was kind of toast. And that's what ultimately kind of how I feel. It had to be something that wasn't being said. But just looking outside in, it doesn't make sense. And first time head coach, if you didn't, if you wanted Doc the whole time, why didn't you just hire him first? Like that. That's ultimately, I feel like you would be in a better situation than you are now, especially what Doc implementing his stuff through an off season. Now you're coming in middle of the regular season. I mean, we'll see what Doc's able to, if he's able to turn this team around. I know they haven't finalized that information. I know it was reported. I don't know why people thought CNN Sports was breaking news. As soon as I saw CNN Sports, I'm like, really? They got the breaking news? For the record, news? I don't even think CNN Sports exists. For the record. Like, I mean, I'm really like, how did, how did you get it? <laughs> How did you get the breaking news on it? Who are you? So, hey, man, all I'm going to say is I hate this team. I hate this team. But two years ago, Ime Udoka, first-time head coach, had the Boston Celtics on this date at 24 and 25, two years ago. What did they do after that? They went on a run, 
and went to the NBA Finals. Oh, so, it's the two-year anniversary of the R.J. Barrett banked in buzzer beater? That was the game. Mm-hmm. That was the game where it all turned around for the Celtics when Barrett banked in that three-pointer. I don't know if it's exactly. No, the I think date, this. I think I don't know if it's exact. Yeah, I don't know if it's exactly the date, okay. but it's around this time. It's yeah. around this time frame when that happened. Yes, it. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. They were they were under 500 around this point in the season. Ime Udoka, first time head coach, figured it out through the All Star break. Came back. They went on a run. They ended up in the NBA Finals. That that's that's all I'm gonna have on that. Scott, I ain't let you get a word in because I know you hate Andrew and Griffin and you were supportive of the fire. I'm supportive of it. I'm not supportive of who they hired, but it's a separate story. I'll go in order. We got to talk about Giannis for a second. Because for the player empowerment movement and trying to keep star players in your respective city, especially small market cities like Milwaukee, they had to try to convince Giannis to stay. And you might remember the offseason. They ended up letting Budenhoser go. And there were rumors about them getting Nick Nurse. And then I believe Giannis came out and said, I want Adrian Griffin. I want this guy because, you know, you know we're, we're tight, I guess. They hired him, and then 40 games in, Bobby Portis is calling him out. Giannis is calling him out. The body language is terrible, and it seems like everyone hated him in the building. And they realized we might have made a horrible mistake. So Giannis ends up getting rid of – or Giannis basically, I guess, was the final straw. So that's one thing I want to mention because Giannis – that's the only reason why he got this job in the first place. It was probably going to be Nick Nurse, if I had to guess. And then Giannis realized 40 games in, yeah, he, might, he just might not be him. And they had to get rid of him. So I wanted to mention that first. Now, I do find it pretty funny that they fired Bootenhoser because the team was really bad in the playoffs. And they underachieved in the playoffs. And they proceeded to bring in the worst NBA playoff choker in the history of the league. So I find that pretty entertaining and pretty ironic, which I wanted to mention. Uh, bring in Doc Rivers after you fired Bootenhoser for underachieving in the playoffs every year. Uh, so I do think, once again, that is a pretty funny story. But I understand it. It worked for the Cavs that one time with David Blatt. I mean, they tried it. It worked out. I know that that's a different precedent because you have LeBron, obviously, and it's not the same as having Giannis. But still, I do think it makes sense because I think we can agree if your expectations are championship or bust and you know about halfway through the season, this team's not good enough, then what are we doing? Like, I feel like you have to realize at some point you traded for game. You still have Giannis now on a big contract in his prime. If you have to go forward and you think this team is not good enough, whether it's coaching or roster construction, coaching is the easiest area to change, and I understand because of that why they made the moves. Now, do I think Doc Rivers is going to help them? Maybe in the short term. I still expect him to lose in the playoffs because I don't think he's going to reinvent the entire defense, and I do think that's that's, uh, still going to be an issue. But I do think that the move makes sense if you view it from a championship or bust lens, and if you follow the tea leaves and you can recognize the lack of trust between the players and the coaching staff, it seems like they might have tuned him out. And if that's the case, you're not even at the All-Star break, I think you have to make a move. I think that's kind of my opinion, but we'll see what happens. Maybe they'll make another move. We'll see. They wanted to try something. They decided to shake it up. I think we would agree, even if you think Griffin could have gotten better as time went on, based on how the first couple months went, it felt like this team wasn't where it needed to be, and they made a change. So we'll see what happens, but it is what it is. At the end of the season, you're going to know the answer. You don't know the yeah. answer. Was it Adrian Griffin or not? By one, if this Bucks def- defense even improves to middle of the pack by this point, because they're 25th in terms of opponents' points per game right now over the course of the entire season. If they get to middle of the pack, that will actually be something impressive. I do love, by they, the way, how the Bucks ended up almost losing to the Timber to the uh, Pistons twice. They didn't actually lose, but since it was close, they knew they had to make a move. I'm because telling you, the Bucks, the Bucks. 
front office are hardcore degens and they've been laying the points every single night. Every single night they've been laying the points with the Bucks. 16 and 27 is where they're at right now, ATS. They were tired of losing. They were sick and tired of losing. All right. I will see. Basically, what this did for me was this solidified my NBA championship future. I put in a bet on this Philadelphia 76ers at 11-1 win championship. And maybe they maybe they don't, because I still think the West I was got something. Or you did that a while ago. I did I did that once uh they said Doc Rivers was being hired oh, okay. as head coach. Cool. Yeah. Because I don't trust Boston. And there's no chance. There is no chance that Nick Nurse is going to lose a playoff series to Doc Rivers. No chance. That's no a shot. theory, right? I mean, Spolstra against Doc, you just assume that the better coach is going to win every uh, There's no shot Nick Nurse loses to Doc Rivers. Like, no shot. So if I just ultimately fade the Celtics and them folding at some point at, in playoffs, there's no shot that that <laughs> no shot that Joel Embiid, Nick Nurse, with that, and the fact that Doc is a, you know, certified choker, only coach to give up multiple 3-1 leads in the playoffs. Yeah, no shot. I, I went ahead and put it, put down a bet on the 76ers. I probably should get down on them when the East as a little bit of a, a green up situation there. But, it. I mean, who's going to walk in Philly's way at this point? Like, I, I really don't know. It's got to be Boston. It's either Philly or Boston. It has to be. There's always an unjustifiable fear with Miami just because Spolstra and they're going to find a way to make something interesting. But <laughs> it, once again, it, it, would, it would be fear. that kind of weird year where Miami would make the run. But you look at them right now and on paper and they shouldn't. But maybe the Rozier trade does something. We'll see what happens. All right. Let's get into the slate before we do that. Got to talk to you about underdog fantasy. Underdog, play alongside your favorite fantasy players all season. NFL, NBA, NHL, college, basketball, college football. You can earn up to 100x with the fact that you have some spicy plays. Go out there and make sure you get a spicy play on Whoever, Adam, boost your payout. It doesn't have to be the regular underdog payout. You can get more, 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 more. Is that what Kobe Bryant said? More. When you sign up with promo code SGPN, underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code SGPN. Scott, from now on, on the anniversary of Kobe's 81st, uh, not 81st, but on the anniversary of the day Kobe scored 81 points, we should just take everybody's points over. Yeah, I think that's that's the move. Harrison Barnes at thirty-two points. That was the most surprising thing. It wasn't Embiid scoring seventy. It wasn't Cat scoring. <laughs> Harrison, Harrison Barnes, Barnes at that thirty-two. That was uh, insane. Yeah. So from now on, on the anniversary of that date, we're just gonna take everybody's points over, and we're gonna ladder everybody. Literally. Did you notice the crazy coincidence on that episode? By the way, I gave a shout out to Kobe because we had eighty-one live viewers, and I didn't. I had no idea it was the anniversary of Kobe's eighty-one. Yeah. Yeah. I no clue. Funny. All right, we got Stu on the show. So we're going to talk about Stu's Washington Wizards. Catching 11 and a half at home against the Minnesota Timberwolves. 229 and a half is the total injury report here for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And we have nothing to report. Mike Conley's not on the injury report. He is going back in the lineup after taking an off day. And for the Washington Wizards, unfortunately for them, they have nothing to report. So everybody's playing in this game. I heard that. Is this the game or was it last game? I don't know, but I heard that the Wizards were passing out pool party towels, pool party towels, and, in the middle of winter. Know. Yeah, and for okay. I mean, it's an indoor, it's an indoor pool party. No, I get it's it. Indoor. I'm just saying it's not because yeah. pool's just, putting up stats. If you're going to pass out a towel, it might as well be summertime or something. 
I mean, all that all that towel confirmed for me is that Kyle Kuzma's getting traded. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma's 100% getting traded. Just so you, everybody knows, this is Jordan Poole's team, and Kyle Kuzma's 100% getting traded. Stu, 11 and a half with the Washington Wizards. I mean, are you going to do it? No, I'm not going to do it. Absolutely not. I mean, hey, I like the Wizards. They got some young guys, but this is not a team I bet on very often. If, if I were to have a bet in this game, and I do already, I like Minnesota in the first quarter in this one. I played Minnesota's team total over 30 and a half in the first quarter. Obviously, you can add in that the Wizards are one of the worst defenses in the league. This is just not a competent team, but I actually like a little bit of the narrative factor coming off of the Timberwolves, who obviously just kind of lost that game in embarrassing fashion. We had the interviews we had oh your your star player scored 60 points and you benched him right and then you lost the game that's one of the most embarrassing moments of the season I think this team is going to come out extremely energized additionally as someone that had a little bit of money on Anthony Edwards in that game he scored like zero points he was fully uninvolved it was a hundred percent the cat show they let him take as many that's not happening again guys we're getting back to business we're getting serious. I think this is a major get right spot. I like Anthony Edwards first quarter points as well. If you're if you're on DraftKings, any of those kind of spots, you can get seven and a half first quarter points. His hit rate when they win the first quarter is insane. And they're three and a half point favorites in the first quarter, which is pretty darn hard to do, guys. It's hard to cover four points in the first quarter. I think that tells you how the market feels about this Wizards team. I'm not expecting anything special. I think the Timberwolves come out early aggressive and I think they get the job done. All right, Scott. Yeah, I'm going to go with Minnesota here. It was embarrassing. The coach called them out. You can argue that he might have gone overboard with that, but still, he made his point about it. The team was focused more on actually points hunting instead of actually trying to win games. It does seem like a very good spot for motivation purposes where Minnesota realizes, all right, well, what happened last game can't happen again. We have to focus on actually winning, keep the eyes on the prize, and I do think they're going to show up and do that. Now, I do think a fun pivot for this game might be Cat Unders. For a couple of reasons. One, because Edwards is going to shoot more. He had 11 assists, as uh, Stu said before. He was passing the entire uh, first three quarters because Cat was on pace for 88 points at halftime. Uh, but I do think Edwards is going to shoot more. I wonder how Cat's going to handle the call out. Because, once again, it's one thing to kind of <laughs> shoot your team out of the game when you have 60-something and change. I get it. He had eight turnovers in that game. But the coach called him out. I know Cat can mentally be a bit fragile at times. I am wondering if he's going to be pouting a bit and maybe he might just look disinterested in this game now that's kind of just a complete read by me just based on cat's history of you know kind of shrinking mentally in some spots he was called out after a 60 point game this probably never happened in the history of the nba so i'm wondering how cat's going to respond to that my guess is probably not well so i'm going to lean to ant over and i kind of like cat unders he got yelled at after scoring 60. He got benched after scoring 60. I got to assume he's not going to show up for this game. Bit of a hot take by me, but I'll go with Antovers and Cat Unders. Do you agree wow. with that narrative or no? Um, I think I think it's fun. I think it's fun. I think it's if I, if I was 100% sold on Minnesota, I would probably play the same narrative too. But, like, I'm not 100% sold on Minnesota because, I mean, we're, I we're still talking about a Minnesota round. team. I've been Minnesota for a while. I mean, we've been talking about it. We've been talking about how they struggled to score for a little while now. And they have their little, you know, their 120 games every now and then. But for the most part, they've struggled. But this Washington defense is really, really bad. Yeah, I think I'm kind of with Stu. I kind of like Minnesota early, maybe a first half line on Minnesota. But I mean, defensively, 
they got he's got a point. They weren't doing anything defensively. They weren't even trying. There's no reason Charlotte should have been able to come back in that game. There's no reason one person scores 62 points and then you guys don't go out there and win. So, yeah, I guess I lean Minnesota, but I don't really like it. I It's something wrong with this team, and it, it's starting to show. Ultimately, the – the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Motivation that they have is because that they're now technically second in the West tied with OKC. So I guess and, that's and motivation. To, I think it was a three-way tie for first. I think the Nuggets are now tied. No, the Nuggets have one extra loss. Oh, they did? But they okay. played more games. Yeah, it's just because they played more games. That's all it is. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I guess Lane to Minnesota. Nah, I'm, I'm kind of – I'm not going to bet this. This isn't, this isn't chalk enough for me to play the chalk zone drop. It's not. Well, it is chalking up, but I'm not. I'm not convinced enough with Minnesota. I do agree with the first half and first quarter angle, though. Minnesota, after what happened last game, really should try to jump out to a decent. Yeah. Start. All right, Scott, two twenty nine and a half. Do I want to take an under with the Wizards? Probably not. Uh, I'm going to lean to the over in this game. Uh, if you gave up one twenty eight to Charlotte, I'm assuming that the defense is still good, of course, for Minnesota for the season numbers, but maybe it's in a bit of a rut or a bit of a slump defensively. We know the Wizards play with pace. They might not be a great shooting team, but they'll keep shooting. Don't you worry about that. So I'm going to go with the over <laughs> because I do think Minnesota can score 120 and change in this game, potentially more than that. I'll lean over. It's mostly the Wizards being involved. I don't want to take an under with that team. Yeah, I have I, I have no feelings with – I have no feelings towards this. I kind of want to take Washington's team total under, but again, yeah, I, I'm really good off the total here. Stu, player props, what you got? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned it earlier. I like Anthony Edwards in the first quarter. You can get over seven and a half points. The first quarter is my new favorite market to bet in. You can bet it everywhere now. Every sports mm-hmm. book and now every DFS app as well has these first quarter props. Guess what? I see the same thing every day on Twitter. Oh, my God, I lost another bet to a blowout. Yeah, that's the NBA. Half of these games are blowouts. That's the the product we have right now. So to mitigate that. I'm staying in the first quarter. Of course, Anthony Edwards could drop 50 points in this game, but the Wizards have to keep it close the whole time for that to be possible. So I took over seven and a half first quarter points in this one. That's the the only prop bet I have. But like I said, in games that they've won so far this season, the games they've won the first quarter, he has an 80% hit rate on this number. So when they win, it's likely in part due to Edwards. And then I think Scott gave a lot of really good points about, hey, I mean, Put in the narrative right there. He scored 65 points and the whole world is mad at him. Like, that's crazy. (laughs) The whole game passing him the ball, not doing his job, and they lost. I think Edwards comes out and says, this is serious. I got to get the job done. I'm dropping 10, 15 out the gate. So I like over seven and a half first quarter points. I really like that angle of (laughs) the cat. (laughs) He scored 62 and we still lost. It seems I got to save us. I have to save us. Clearly, you can't do it. All right, Scott, anything else you got for this one? No, not really. It's kind of a game I'm going to pass over, but I'm happy we covered it. It's a fun narrative. Yeah, it's all right, Clay, because I wanted to play this before I did another read. Now it's officially official. Doc Rivers is going to become the next head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. But I'm assuming not tonight, right? Prunty's going to be coaching it. Yeah. He, I, well, I mean, I don't know. We'll see what Woj, uh, Woj has to say. I would assume not tonight either, but. Kerry, I'm, I'm interested to see how this turns out. I'm just happy the memes are back alive. It's, it's always I'm fun in. to have Doc Rivers 3-1 lead memes back. It feels good. Does this mean Mark Jackson is going back into the four-letter network booth? Apparently, Van Gundy's working for the Celtics now, which I hate because I actually like the money SPN. 
uh, but they can't get that group together. But yeah, Doc, uh, he did some decent stuff with some podcasting uh, while he was gone. But nah, I I, I feel like it's nice. To see and that's back. why I'm and that's why I'm over Doc. To be honest, that's why I'm over Doc. And I'm really over that entire 2008 Celtics team because everybody on the 2008 Celtics believes that it's still 2008. Like I, I <laughs> all of you all had full careers after 2008 and did nothing. Yeah. Do you remember still, when they excommunicated we, Ray Allen for moving on to better things and they just hated him but, for like Because five he years. went on because he was the only person that went on to actually do something else in the NBA after 2008. They hated him. All right, man. All right. I mean Rondo did something too. I give I, but Rondo's always been quiet. So I won't even I won't even get on Rondo. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's US based and available in 40 states. Peer-to-peer is the new way to bet on sports, politics, pop culture, anything else with a verifiable outcome. And guess what? They offer lower VIG and fully customizable odds, so you can create your own bets. Yo, y'all have to get in and tap with Real Money Kramer. He's giving you the better odds. He believes in this Baltimore Ravens team, and he's saying, I'm going to give you more with the Chiefs. I'm going to give you more points with the Chiefs. Take my bet. So go in there, join the SGPN group, and find some bets. Have some fun or create some bets for your friends. Do all of that. Make sure that you use the peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Head to cut.com. That's K-U-T-T.com. Use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research everything in the NFL, NBA, and soccer with historical stats and data. Plus, they have that revolutionary Parlay optimizer tool that breaks everything down, hit rates by leg, expect the probability, all of that. Stop betting in the dark and join the over 30,000 users that are researching, crafting their bets with Hall of Fame bets. Visit Hall of Fame bets app or hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. My guy Jake texted me last night, and he said that the Utah Jazz are inevitable, inevitable shirts are on the way. He said they are on the way. 15% off everything in the store all month. Promo code playoffs. Remember, we are doing a contest against the other shows. Tap in with us. I'm going to let you know when those shirts are available. And when they're available, everybody should be trying to buy one because the Utah Jazz have made us a boatload of money. They didn't win us money last night, or was it the day before? Whatever, whatever day it was they played. But... It doesn't matter because that means they're a cash cow for the next game. Store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. 15% off everything in the merch store. Promo code playoffs. Store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Let's see here. Next game. What are y'all talking about in that chat? (laughs) Next game on the slate, we have the Charlotte Hornets going to play the Detroit Pistons. Scott, Detroit opened up minus one. They're currently minus three and a half. 232 and a half is the total. But hang injury on, while you pull up the injury report, hang on one second. Yeah, there you go. Very much so. Toilet bowl drop. This is a toilet bowl game here. Nick Richards is questionable. Cody Martin is questionable. Kyle Lowry just got with the team. He's not playing this game. And yeah, that's it. Cade's back. Shoot. Uh, that, that's why Detroit's favored. But I'm assuming you're not laying points with Detroit. Monty Morris is probable as well. (laughs) I enjoyed the conspiracy, by the way, that the uh, Bucks fired Griffin because they were going to trade for Monty Monty Williams. I really enjoyed that fake narrative that was going around. But yeah, I'm assuming you're not laying with Detroit, right? No. 
No. Yeah. I'm the same no. way. Yeah. All right. Let's, there's nothing to talk about here. There's literally it's literally nothing to talk about here. Charlotte plus three and a half, Charlotte on the money line. Stu, do you are you gonna do it? Are you laying with Detroit? <laughs> No, that's a gambling sin right there. Absolutely not. Three and a half point favorites for the the freaking Pistons. Absolutely not. I I will say, I think this will be a more fun game than half of the games on the slate. Like, yeah, it's the toilet bowl. These two teams suck, but they're going to be running. There's going to be no defense. LaMelo is going to take 40 shots a game. Like there could be some actual good, solid um, prop action in this game. But in terms of a side or a total, it's a thousand percent um, Hornets or bust right there. Oh man! All right. Yeah, I really. I'm on the same like, page I don't even... Lamelo. By the way, Lamelo's gonna have the ball in his hands every possession. Like I don't know how I don't take Lamelo props. What's his triple double at tonight? Uh, that I will look for. Uh, let me just appreciate it. it. Yeah, let's let's get a line on his triple double tonight. Triple double and a win for the Hornets. Can you find that triple double and a win for Lamelo? Triple double's eight fifty. Damn. I should. I wish I checked what it was before the trade. I feel like that's. I feel like that's too much of an overreaction. I don't know if it's moved that much because he hasn't really had one in a while. But yeah, you'd also argue like, that Rozier not being there might hurt the assists. So you can argue that it's kind of good and bad because yeah. Rozier, of course, has the ball in his hands. But does he create much off the dribble? Kinda. I mean, it's mostly just like Lamelo creating, whether it involves driving to the rim and kicking. But you can argue there's one less shooter on the floor for assists with Rozier not being on the roster anymore. Might Probably gives a boost to Brandon Miller, though. Yeah, Brandon Miller. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly where triple I was double. They said his triple double was eleven to one last night, and they see an eleven one on Bet three six five as well. So, yeah, shop around. I, I think it's. I think points rebound assist for sure. Points rebound assist for sure. All right, player props. Uh, I I don't have anything on the total, Scott. I, I don't. I'm going to lean over because uh, both teams offensively have actually been decent lately. Detroit might be losing, but they're more entertaining. They realized Ivy can actually handle a basketball. It took him about four months, uh, but he's been good. Cade, I think, once again, if he does play, probably minute restriction. So I would not chase his overs. I think he's probably going to play 28 minutes, maybe 30. Uh, but I think that Ivy's been really good uh, during rebounds all day, every day. Uh, with Richards being questionable, I think that that's a slam spot for, for Duran. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think you're looking mostly at the usual suspects with bad teams, you might end up trying to get cute with it. Maybe a P.J. Washington threes angle. Maybe a, like a Boyan or Burks threes angle, something like that. But I see points in this game, actually. I'm going to link to the over. Yeah, I Duran is definitely the play. I say ladder Duran's rebounds today, for sure. Stu, what you like? Yeah, that's a great angle. 100% Duran's been killing it recently. Look at that roster. It's, we're talking about PJ at the five. He's not even a true center right there. So definitely go for that. I like Brandon Miller. 17 and a half points is solid. He's been very good recently. Obviously, he's a guy that in college, he wasn't even like a three-level scorer necessarily. They asked him to do a lot outside, did some creation off the dribble. He's scoring on all levels now. They're actually elevating his role. They're letting him do more. LaMelo Ball already had a 35% usage rate on the season and when healthy, right? It's hard to actually get much higher than that. I think he'll probably be in that 38% range. The person that benefits the most is going to be some of these other guys, right? The Millers of the world, the Washingtons of the world. Those are going to be the guys that see the really big usage jump. So for me, I think Brandon Miller, you don't make this trade unless he's a big part of your future. I think the 17 and a half points against the Pistons is a great look. There's going to be no defense in this game. And I will say the one caution I have about a guy like Burks, who I heard you mention, is like, 
Monty Morris is back as well. Cade Cunningham. Like, this guard rotation is disgusting. I like Ivy as much as the next guy, but they wouldn't even play Ivy when there was no competition. Now he has legitimate offseason. You know, Morris is making his debut. I would stay away from all of those Detroit guards. As much as I like them, as much as I want Ivy to shoot the ball 15 times a game, I would stay away. There's too many mouths to feed for me in that rotation. The only reason why I mentioned Burks, even with all the, you know, clogged backcourt, is the fact that Burks has never seen a shot that he doesn't like. And I do think that the three-pointers are worth consideration because he might be rocking with the bench unit. I mean, he's been good in that unit. And you could argue that, you know, there's Cade now, and I get all that, but He's probably not with that unit anymore. So he just might get free reign with the bench, and we'll see what happens. Well, I see. That's the thing. And I'm going to move on. I promise we're about to move on from this game. Uh, one, Trevor, great question. Nick Smith Jr., I'm actually pretty pretty interested. Find a line for me. Find a line on Nick Smith Jr. for me. And I could be interested because he could – I always thought he was a, a good scorer coming out of high school. Arkansas? Here's the thing. He went to Arkansas, right? Yep, yep. And so, here's the thing. Oh, I forgot what my point is. Whatever. It doesn't matter. We'll go on to the next game because this game sucks. I had something to say, but I forgot. Oh, no. Alex Bur- Alec Burks. Here's my thing with Alec Burks. What if he's out the rotation now? <laughs> what if Cade comes back and Monty is so committed to playing Killian Hayes that now Burks' minutes go down? <laughs> like, I got to imagine. Just don't play Hayes Killian like- Hayes. I, I Just know. don't play Killian Hayes. No, but he was starting him, Scott. He was starting him. I know. I'm, I'm a Hayes believer that Killian Hayes is a franchise industry plant, and he has to he's play. The, he's the Denzel Valentine of the league now. He's, he's an industry plant Valentine. where he shouldn't belong anywhere, but he keeps playing 15 minutes a game, and nobody knows why. So, yeah. That, that's what I'm calling uh, Killian Hayes now. His nickname is – I'm going to call him the plant from now on. That's what I'm going to call him. Shouldn't be yeah. in the league, but I'm going to call him the plant. I'll, I'll look for Nick Smith Jr. later because that could be an angle of he gets more minutes now that, you know, some things open up in the backcourt. But he's got to go out there and earn it, and he's got to start uh, playing defense. All right, Miami Heat on the road. No, at home, sorry. Miami Heat at home welcoming the Memphis Grizzlies. Miami Heat opened up as, guess what, 11-point favorites. They are now down to minus 9.5. 12, 212.5 is the total injury report for these two teams. And I have for the Memphis Grizzlies, Santi Aldama's out. No Desmond Bain, no Jack Rovia, no Marcus Smart, no Derrick Rose, no Brandon Clark, no John Moran. We already knew Steven Adams wasn't going to be there. And for the Miami Heat, Taylor Rozier is actually questionable for the game today. And no Jaime Aquez Jr. Hayward Highsmith is probable. So in a game of injury reports, the Miami Heat got out Miami heated. And they're going to get out Miami heated again today because they don't cover as home favorites. So why the hell would I take them minus nine and a half? Give me Memphis plus nine and a half. It's a system play at this point. We don't take Miami as a home favorite, Scott. Yeah, I'm not going to spend any time on this. It's nine and a half. Like, Miami's been terrible. Yes! North Carolina Lottery Commission has set March 11th as the day online sports bidding goes live in North Carolina. Nice! We're here! Welcome aboard. We're here! Let's go! March Madness! Ah! First half unders! Let's go! No more driving to the border. No more. No more calling my parlay dealer to put in slips. No more. We're here. Welcome. Congratulations to all North Carolinians. You're the first person to ever call a bookie a parlay dealer, but I kind of like it. 
No, nah, no, nah, that's actually got it from uh, Real Money Kramer. <laughs> I actually got it from. Oh, really? Kramer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I said it. I said that I was sending somebody my parlay. He was like, "Yeah, oh, that's your parlay dealer." And so I, I can't even Let take credit. Make for sure that. to sign up for the bonuses. Yep, one hundred percent. Make sure you get all the bonus. Yes, yes. Let's go. All right, Scott, you're not taking my. No, I'm taking the right. Uh, Miami's going to be, I don't want to say shorthanded because Kyle Lowry was a negative over the last month, but they're not going to have Rozier. Uh, but Miami's really bad at laying points for several seasons at home. Memphis, they might not be talented, but I said this a couple weeks ago. They try really hard, and when they're getting a lot of points, they're actually not as bad as they should be. Like, you're looking at the roster, they've actually been competitive. They beat Toronto defense, last game. Defense. Yeah. defense is fine. I'm going to lean to Memphis. They've been, they've been decent for a bad roster. They've been, they've been competitive. Stu, you got a feeling on the side here? I mean, my only feeling is this is like the ugliest game of the day. I mean, the, the, I think the nine and a half kind of tells you a story because I think we're all on the same page here. It almost seems a little too obvious of like, sure, the Grizzlies are an ugly team. But I mean, who in their right mind is going out like, you know what I want to do today, guys? I think the Heat to cover 10 is a great idea. Like that's the Bucks were just 12 against the Pistons the other day. Like we're really we're really saying the Grizzlies are that bad. No, I'm with you. I actually see them kind of similarly to my Wizards toward the end of last year where all the star players were gone. Beal was out and they were just letting the young guys run. And those guys are the guys that care the most. They're trying to make a name for themselves in this league. Right. So I think, you know, to win outright, that gets a little bit ugly. But to cover 10 points. I definitely agree. I'm with you guys. All right. Player props. I'm just going to say, hey, we're, we're, just, we're on a time constraint. We're just going to skip the total today, Scott. Player yeah, props. Whatever. Scott, what you got? He burned me last game, but I do like Kennard under. Uh, I know he had a great shooting. He shot the ball a ton last game, but once again, it's just a matter of volume. He shot like 18 times last game. That's a bit high for his usual number. He's usually around 10. So I think that's going to regress a bit more. I would lean to Kennard unders. You have Jaron Jackson Jr. against Bam. So Bam might be automatically forced to rebound because Jaron Jackson doesn't do it. So maybe Bam actually shows up on the boards for this game. Uh, but I am kind of wondering what the minute distribution is going to be at the point guard spot since Lowry's not on the team. Lowry was bad, but he was still playing 20-something minutes a game. So I guess I'm trying to wonder who's going to pick up the slack. Do they stagger Heroes minutes a bit more? I'm kind of curious what the actual game plan is going to be. Maybe you have an idea, but I am going to be tempted by hero overs in this game because maybe on a shorthanded backcourt rotation, you might see hero getting a bit more run. All right, Stu, what you got? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on the other side of this. I, I kind of like Luke Kennard in the assist department at three and a half right now. I think the scoring numbers are a, a little bit high, a little bit crazy. But, I mean, Vince Williams, right, he was the guy that was taking it up initially. When you look at his last couple of games, he's only averaging five potential assists per game. So even, I think it's like three or four actual assists, but only five potential, right? So there's not actually that many assist opportunities for him. They're kind of doing a ball handler by committee approach over here where Kennard, JJJ, everyone's kind of swinging the rock around so for me both of those two guys stuck out to me jjj two and a half assist and canard at three and a half assist i think there's some solid value on both of those guys when you look at how miami defends they crash the the distributor right the the initial guy that's going to be driving and attacking a lot of the time is actually going to be jjj here now that the, he has the ball in his hands a lot more he's going to drive he's going against one of the you know best defensive interiors in the league i think they're going to force the ball out make the shooters on the outside beach so for that reason, I like some assists for the Grizzlies today. 
By the way, I'm diving right. into it a bit more. I think I like Canard under rebounds more at three and a half. Even with everything you said, he's really not done anything in, on the boards, and I do think yeah. that's going to be the case once again. Even with the boosted minutes, he's gone under this number of three and a half and five straight. He's gone under in 15 of 20 games this season. He's really yeah. just not known for his rebounding whatsoever, and I do think with uh, the with Bam and you have Jaron, you have a couple other options who rebound on the team. They do it by committee. But I can tell you right now, Canard is not a member of that committee, so I would have leaned to the under for Canard rebounds at three and a half. All right, I yeah, uh, just give me Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero to get it done. Uh, Bam should have a good day, but I've been should. going this long without betting Bam, so I'm not going to do it now. But if you're a person that bets Bam out of bio, he should have a very good day today. We're rooting for you, but we're, we will not be one. We are, we are, we very much are. All right, before we get to the next game, I'm so got to talk to you about. Oh no. No, we're actually done with the reads. Okay, never mind. All right, Cleveland Cavaliers on the road, going to play the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee's laying six and a half. They just got a new head coach. Interim head coach is probably coaching for the day. Uh, Joe Prunty, but he's he's been here, done that before, so I don't have any worries on the coaching. Fun department. fact, he was the interim coach when they got when they uh, fired Jason Kidd. Yep. So. 236 and a half is total. Where is this... Cavs team is Karis LeVert's questionable. <laughs> I thought the Tristan Thompson getting suspended news was so funny. Like I really thought that was hilarious. All right, Darius Garland and Evan Mobley are out as well, and Giannis is probable. Well, you have Let's to play see. after you get your head coach fired, right? Like you kind of have to play the game after that. It's an unwritten rule, I think. So Joe Prunty was the Bucks interim. Coach in 2018 again after Jason Kidd. He went 21 and 16 during that stretch. He was also the interim coach after Nate McMillan got fired last year before uh what's his name? Quinn Snyder took over and he did two he coached two games then, got wins both of those games. They brought in an, an interim coach ringer. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Are you laying six and a half with Bucks? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Against Cleveland? Cleveland's won what? Eight straight? No. I'm not laying six and a half. Like even if they had Doc Rivers or even if they had Griffin, why the hell would I lay six and a half with the Bucks? The Cavs are missing a bunch of guys, but they have been for about a month and change, and nobody's really noticed because Cleveland's been good. But Cleveland won the last meeting comfortably. Giannis didn't play. I'm tossing it out. That again doesn't mean anything. But I'm not going to fade a team that's won eight straight against a team that has a hard time blowing out the Pistons. Like I don't care who the coach is in this game. I don't know how motivated Prunty's even going to be for this game. He's coaching what one game. Like, yeah, ha- have fun with it. Like, I'm I mean, really he's still on the roster. He's still on the I roster. He wants to get I think wins. Cleveland's alive and... to win this game. I think six and a half's a crazy spread. I'll lean to Cleveland. They're one of the hottest teams in the league. I think the spread's too big. Give me Cleveland. Stu, do you have any any feel? I almost want to fade that. You know, I almost want like, I like that logic a lot. And I feel like a lot of people are going to have that logic. I almost want to kind of go like a contrarian favorite because the, the Cleveland team is kind of breaking my brain right now in the sense that they lost two of their best players and they played nothing but fantastic basketball. And when you watch them, like when Donovan Mitchell isn't scoring, like, where does the scoring come from? Like, actually, when you look at that roster, it's so spread out and there's so many different pieces, but it just, they just keep getting the job done. And then you look at this Milwaukee side. I mean, the defense has been ugly. That's pretty much what we can all attribute to the coaching firing to. And even if you do have a new coach coming in here, like, 
is Dame going to suddenly be able to guard Donovan Mitchell? I don't know. Like I, a lot of factors in this, I think would point people to Cleveland, but with that spread being bigger than expected, you know, the coach firing, I think there's a solid like contrarian angle and just kind of fading the public right here. That's where I'm kind of at with it. And I'm honestly, I kind of just have my own fake narrative of, I truly believe this front office is betting the games and they fired them because they want to start covering the spread. Like I, I think that's really what it is. So Give me the bucks, minus six and a half. Joe Prunty, he gets it done. He comes out, he comes in, he takes over for a team, he gets the win, gets the cover, and then goes back to sitting on the bench behind Doc Rivers. He gets it done. All right. Player props. Stu, what you got for this one? Yeah, I mean, I think Donovan Mitchell's got to be the go-to right here. I, I hinted at it a minute ago. I played this in their last matchup as well. I'm staying in the first quarter, man. You can get six and a half first quarter points. This is a guy that's going to consistently play that 10 to 11 minute range. He's averaging eight first quarter points on the season, averaging eight and a half first quarter points in his history against the Bucks. I mean, I like him to get out the gate fast and attack. You really can't play from behind against Milwaukee with this kind of speed, with this kind of pace. It's one of those situations where I think they come out aggressive. And like I said before, Astruce is going to get a couple shots. There's going to be some opportunities. But at the end of the day, I think the volume by far is going to be Donovan Mitchell taking a bunch of shots. So I like him in the first quarter, six and a half points. You can even get some plus money on 10 first quarter points at around, you know, plus 300. I think that has some good value right there. But I like him in the full game. Don't get me wrong. I just don't like messing with blowouts anymore. <laughs> Scott, what you got? Yeah, I think my favorite prop in this game is actually Chris Middleton under assists. It's at five and a half at plus money. I have no idea why. Uh, the last three games, he's had less than five assists. His number's five and a half. Sure. I mean, they played against Cleveland uh, like a week or two ago. He had two in that game. But I just think with Lillard handling the ball a lot, he's had a couple double-digit assists game. He had 40 double-digit assists there uh, with the Pistons. Giannis has had tri some triple-doubles recently. Cleveland's allowing the second-fewest assists per game in the league. Five and a half for a third option at plus 120? Sure. That sounds like a gift. I'll take that as an under. I might revisit Jared that. Allen, Jared Allen, man. Jared Allen. I'm not believing that this defense is turned around off of this move. I don't think that everything's got right. This Bucks team has been pretty bad over the past few games, uh, past five games, I'm sorry. In terms of points inside the paint, they are 27th in the NBA in that scoring market, the only teams that are worse are the Toronto Raptors, Detroit Pistons, and Indiana Pacers. So a team that had Giannis Antetokounmpo and Brooke Lopez is in the bottom in terms of points in the paint. They're, they just don't have it right now. And I don't know if that's going to happen overnight. Jared Allen's been a model of consistency for this team. Afro man gets it done over 14 and a half. I like his rebounds as well. I think he has a good day. And, uh, hey, Bobby Portis ladder. If Bobby Portis was the guy that was anchoring this the first one to call out Griffin, yeah, yeah. If he's one. if he's the guy that's gonna start, it was anchoring this, and he called him out. He's got to come in and have a great game afterwards. So Bobby Portis over ten and a half points for sure, for sure. Bobby Portis is the only player off the bench that has a line now. Everybody else that comes off the bench don't get their lines till about an hour, two hour, three hour before the game. Bobby Portis got his line as soon as the day started. They knew it was up. Bobby Portis. All right, next game on the slate. Portland on the road going to play the Houston Rockets in Houston. Houston is laying 10 and a half, 222 is the total injury report. We have, uh, where is Portland? Where is Portland? Oh, there he goes. All right, Shitty and Sharp 
out as you know moses brown out as you know we're all sick about that i feel like everybody shares my sentiments with that and for the houston rockets not on the injury report is jabari smith jr and fred van fleet and jeff green you have Jalen Green, who was questionable with an illness. Reggie Bullock, questionable with the back. Notari Eason. Victor Oladipo is in Boston catching games, just so people know. All right. Scott, we're laying it, right? We're just going to lay it? I don't know. Last night? one kind of burned me last night. but Yeah, but, but that's why you do it, because they burned you last night. Yeah, I mean, Houston's good at home. Recently, they haven't been as dominant as I wanted them to be. In fact, they've actually been pretty horrible <laughs> for the last for the last couple of weeks. That's what's scaring me off here, because Houston has kind of been in a massive tailspin. They've lost, uh, what is it, four or five. I'm looking at the home games here. They beat Milwaukee. That was a good win. Beat Utah. That was a good win by one in overtime. I mean, once again, we know Houston's a very good home team and a really bad road team. But mm-hmm. ten, and, 10 and a half with a team that's been this bad for the last couple of weeks, it's... It's asking a lot. I'd rather just take eight and unders and just move on with my life. Uh, but I'm going to lean to the uh, I'll you know what? Yeah, I'll lean to Houston in the spot. Screw it. But I'm, it's mostly going to be a player prop game. I'm not going to end up betting this game. I got I got better games to bet on for tonight. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet either. But this is I mean, I'm so easy to say Houston because this is the perfect game where I can decide if I really want to back Houston for the rest of the season or not. If they don't cover this with Portland coming off of a back to back, then I don't know. I don't know, because this is the ultimate get-right game after the terrible stretch they've been on. This is the ultimate get-right game. You get a bad Portland team off of back-to-back. You go in there, you get in players back healthy, and you had a good game against Boston where you're able to keep it close and you cover the spread there. This could be the game where, hey, let's get right, blow this team out, get out of here early, and that gives us confidence moving forward. But if not, it seems screwed. So easy for me. Lane Houston, don't bet this game. You don't have to bet it. Player props, Stu, you got anything? Yeah, I mean, for me, I like Sangoon in this game. When you really look at the Trailblazers and what they struggle at, I mean, they're bad against centers in general, but especially a center that can facilitate and run the offense a little bit more. Sangoon is one of those rare guys that I normally stick to points, right, with just a center, maybe points, rebounds. He's one of those guys that I think you can go points, rebounds, and assists very comfortably because he has the potential to have one of those eight assist spike games. And obviously, when you look at the Houston injury report, Mm -hmm. there is some potential for him to have some more ball handling role if things go right in this one. So overall, I think Sangoon is just very versatile. I'm not really worried about anyone on this Portland side defending him. They've been very, very bad against Biggs all year long. I think this will be a good chance not only for him to score, but just to fill up the stat sheet in general. All right, Scott, what you like? I agree with Shangun. I think he actually might be alive for a triple-double tonight. I'm trying to see if there's a price for that, but it's about 28-1. to 1. Hell yeah, I'll take that at 28-1. to 1. Yeah, fun spin. what? Uh, but yeah. I do think looking at, I, I think that's on DraftKings, it's 28 to 1. Uh, but still, uh, looking at this overall matchup, I said it before, I'll fade the max player. I'll take him under his points because Aiton doesn't want to be there. Uh, so I do think that Aiton, you can argue once again, it's a good matchup for him. I get it. Houston's not great against centers either. But you got to at least read the, I don't want to say narrative or at least the psyche of the player. Aiton is just coasting at this point. I mean, it's pretty safe to say he's comfortable with the money he's made. And it seems like he's kind of packed it in. Playing for Portland is going to do that to you as well because, one, you're living in Portland. B, your team's not any good. So it's probably, you know, a combo. But 
Yeah, Aiden has just been no-showing games left and right. So I'll expect him to no-show again. It's a back-to-back, -back, so you can argue that's going to be tricky uh, to actually find angles for Portland if you want to back overs. I mean, Simons is the safe guess or Jeremy Grant. He's going to take most of the shots. But I'll lean to Aiden unders. He doesn't want to be there. He doesn't really care. And if you're not going to care, I'm going to give you the Dimwitty treatment. I'm just going to keep taking your unders and keep making me money. So give me the unders on Aiden. Yeah, I went with Shangun as well over 23 and a half so i'll make it three for three we all really like alfred Shangun day he should have a very good day but ayton is <laughs> ayton's hilarious max hilarious. hey man he is i mean he, he technically is he technically is but <laughs> i don't know man i don't know it's really all funny right. though how the uh ayton and monty williams feud both of them lost it's kind of funny how that works itself everybody out. lost <laughs> everyone lost oh, the they should have just stayed together they should have stayed together that's when they were at their best when they were together they need each other they hey they needed each other all right i think that under is hilarious that she gave that out but this this is really funny okay. you want to take an over with Aiden at this point just pack it in well, every game no but yeah no, I, I like it. I like it. I just is he gonna make it to the arena, or is, or is there ice on the driveway? Is he gonna make it to the game? It gets voided if he can't make it. So, man, I did not know we were cooking DeAndre Ayton today, man. I didn't it's know that's how the day was uh, You can't come up with the nickname Dominating and then just don't do anything for the entire season. Like I'm gonna roast you. It's gonna happen. But <laughs> the Phoenix Suns on the road going to play the Dallas Mavericks. Suns open up minus one and a half. Currently minus two and a half. Two forty and a half is the total injury report here. And for the Phoenix Suns, I have Eric Gordon's questionable. Bowl Bowls out. And for the Dallas Mavericks, Luca, Kyrie, Dante Exum, which is an upgrade for Exum, and Seth Curry, all questionable. So I don't think I am really. I mean, Exum may or may not play. He's been out for a while. If he does play, it's going to be sparingly. But pretty sure Luka and Kyrie are going to play in this one. So that's the big news everybody's worried about. Plus two and a half at home with Dallas. Scott? Can I just live bet Phoenix when they're down 20 in the fourth quarter? We can just call it a day. I feel like it's a better approach. Um, Dallas owns this team. We've seen Luka own this team. But Phoenix has been very good. And once again, coming back from 23 down on a back-to-back, -back, I got to be yeah. impressed by that, no matter how bad Chicago actually is. Uh, but I think I actually am going to lean to Phoenix in this game. I know that, once again, Dallas feels obvious because Luka kills this team. We'll take the Luka prop separately. I'm fine with that. But mm -hmm. once again, we've had questions about Luka and Kyrie being solid together for a year at this point, and they still don't look great when they're together. We've seen Kyrie have great moments when Luka's been out. We've seen Luke have moments when Kyrie's been out. Together, not really working out. I think I'm going to lean to Phoenix. Once again, it could be a spot where Dallas ends up showing up and dominating once again against this team that they own. But I like how Phoenix has played. And I think that at the end of the day, there's a bit more chemistry there, at least from what I've seen recently. That's good enough for me. I'm going to lean to Phoenix. It's going to be a very, very close game. I really don't mind to back both teams like separately. Trail mm -hmm. by 10 win the game. It's going to be a game. <laughs> like One team's going to be down early and come back and win the game. But I do yeah. think Phoenix, based on how they've played recently, late in games, that's good enough for me. I'm going to link the Phoenix in the spot. Stu, you got a feel? 
Yeah, you made a lot of good points because uh, I, I do. I really want to back Dallas in this one in the sense that they got that extra motivation. Uh, both of these teams do not like each other, right? We got two star players going at it. But the, the biggest thing that kills me is that you don't want to bet on like a good team when they're rolling. And like the Suns have got it figured out a little bit more right now. You know, a lot of these star player teams have a lot of real rough ugly you know patches of the season where it's ugly you don't want to mess with it at all these guys are kind of flowing right now they got Grayson Allen coming out here dropping 25 a game because he's wide open in the corner because defenses have to worry about all these other guys so for me that's obviously a tough situation I would say the one biggest point in favor of the Mavericks is I think if you bet the Mavericks every game against the spread except against teams that had a dominant center then you'd be killing it because that's their biggest weakness at the end of the day. They can't crash the boards. They can't rebound. They, they get destroyed by competent bigs. The Suns, that's not how they play basketball. They're trying to outshoot you. They're not trying to dominate you in the paint. Nurkic isn't going down there and destroying Lively or anything like that. So for me, that actually does give me hope that the Mavericks can play this game really close. Um, so I'm just going to – that's kind of like I don't have like system plays or anything like that, but that's my general theory with the Mavericks is I'm going to back them unless there's a dominant center that I really think can disrupt their defensive play style. I don't think that's necessarily the case. This game comes down to who hits more shots. and. The answer is probably the Suns in that case, but I, the Mavericks are scrappy. I'm going to back them, and I think I get a better number by the end of the day. I'm thinking a three and a half, maybe a four by you know closing time. We're also a bit biased because we tried to back Dallas last game against Boston with them on a back-to-back, and they basically got killed. So it might be a little bit of bias on my end. I'm I'm still back in Dallas. I'm still back in Dallas. Luca. Yeah. Like if I think Luca's gonna go out here and score forty, I'm, I'm gonna back Dallas, and it's really just gonna be for me just making sure that that doesn't disrupt what everybody else has going and being because I think that this Phoenix team is gonna be able to score points. But this is a really big game. This is the big three going up against Dallas. This is Luca versus and Kyrie versus all of them, and just proving that hey, we can compete with these top teams in the West. We we're not going through what we went through last year in terms of the season kind of fell by the wayside and we ended up not even making the playoffs. Like I think this is a really good litmus test for this team. And I think that they're gonna show up to the occasion. I and I like backing Dallas as a dog more than a favorite. So Give me Dallas, plus two and a half, get it done. I do really like the angle that you said, Scott, of both of these teams probably going down by 10 at some point and then winning the game because I think that that ultimately sounds how this game's going to go. It's going to be a game of runs. All right, player props. I like Book today. I think Book has a pretty big game, able to score. Uh, Book and Luka is probably going to be a parlay that I have going in terms of the points. Stu, what say you? Yeah, let's not get too we, – like, we don't have to think too crazy here. It's Luka for me. It's very obviously Luka. Obviously, if he plays the injury report stuff, Kyrie is looking like he could sit as well. That could even mean more usage for a guy like Luka. I already got his triple-double. You can get that up to, I believe – let me see. I, I think 400 was the range it was in last night. Let me see if there's still a good triple-double price. 340 is the best we got in market right now. I still don't mind that whatsoever, especially if Kyrie doesn't play. It's going to be the Luka show. We're going to have opportunity after opportunity. I like the points alone, but obviously you're getting into a kind of crazy range in the the mid-30s at that point. But I think Luka has a fantastic game right here. Kind of sets the tone for his team against a division rival right here. All right, Scott. Yeah, Luka's a given. 
but besides that, uh, Grayson Allen rebounds did well for me last game. Uh, that number has always been mispriced. It's usually around three and a half. Uh, besides that, though, I'm trying to think if there's any other angles I really want. Durant's had back-to-back 40 pieces. It's kind of tough to go against them in this matchup. I'll lean mm-hmm. to star power. Pretty, sim- pretty simple. Just give me a shootout between Luka and Durant. We'll go from there. All right. Best game of slate. Okay, see. Coming off a near miss. Near miss. Shout out to J Dub. Shout out to J Dub getting it done. Shout out to the OKC actually having somebody other than Shea that can that can come up big in big moments. Minus eight for OKC traveling to San Antonio, play the San Antonio Spurs. Two forty-two is total. OKC is coming off of that back-to-back against the Portland Trailblazers. We have for this injury report. Uh, nothing I can really tell you about OKC, but Trey Jones is questionable for San Antonio in this game. Uh, he had a sprained ankle, I believe it was. So we'll see if he's able to go. That is a true questionable. I have no idea if he's playing in this game or not. If he doesn't, it's probably going to put the ball back in Sohan's hands, which I thought was a bad move in the beginning of the season. <sighs> Minus eight with OKC, Scott. Okay, see, Burnley last night, uh, but San Antonio on the road. Uh, they're at home, though. Eh, Wemby's going to be playing in this game, but damn, the Spurs suck. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not going to play anything in this game besides the over. I think the over is just my lean here. Give me a ton of pace. Give me a, no defense at all, and we'll have some fun. So I'll lean to the over. They really, you pit in my two favorite players in the league against each other, SGA versus Devin Vassell. It's going to be a movie. Everybody's talking about it's Chet versus Wimby. I think they didn't combine for 20 points last time this game was played. The story is Vassell versus SGA. That's the story. We'll see if SGA plays. I want to point out, by the way, Wimby and Chet are now tied for Rookie of the Year favorite. And Chet's going to fall drastically because Wimby's going to take over the award. If you want Wimby, take it now. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I just, I have the, I said this theory, was it last time we talked about the Spurs? But, like, Wimby really comes up in big games. Like, in big games yeah. against big opponents, he really, like, he's really been putting on a show and proving that he's really, really good. That last game against 76ers, literally nobody was talking about how Wimby had 33 and the Spurs almost won the game. <laughs> like, they were in the game, and Wimby had 33. I, I just, I'll take Spurs plus eight. I really don't feel good about it. I'm not going to bet it. I'm going to let you know that right now. I agree with Scott. I like the over, but I mean, how Wimby's playing right now, I don't know how I can fade him. I don't know how I can fade him, especially in a game where all eyes are going to be on him. This is a nationally televised game, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is. is. It? It's on ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. So, nationally televised game. I I think Wimby's going to get it done today. He's going to put on a show. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take Wimby over his points prop. You know, I'm taking over on Devin Vassell. You know, I'm taking over on SGA. So, that's that's pretty obvious. Stu, what do you like here with OKC minus eight, player props, anything? Yeah, for the game, I mean, if you think about it, if you just watched the Spurs in primetime this year, you only watched their primetime games, you didn't you erase any other game, you'd think this was like a playoff contending team. Like, they show up in these games that matter. Like, it's, it's weird, but you kind of nailed it against Philly earlier in the year. Like, when you show them on a bigger stage – 
they play a little bit more competently. And obviously the Thunder are a great team, but they do kind of play up and down to their competition. The reason we love the Thunder so much for player props is because their starters are kind of playing those minutes, you know, whether it's a close game or not right here. And for me, I think we get a relatively competitive game. My favorite prop in this one, Victor Webinyama, over two and a half blocks. We're going to the defensive side of the oh. ball right here, averaging 3.1 blocks in only 25 minutes per game in the month of January. We've now seen that his minutes are ticking up, right? He was at that 25 cap. Now we're seeing 27, 28. This is obviously a huge game. Him and Chet are going to be tied to each other pretty much for history, right? Like you mentioned, the rookie of the year battle. And I completely agree. A lot of people don't think about this enough. If you're a futures better, if you love Wemby, if you think he goes out and falls out, you need to bet that right now. Because if he goes out, drops 30 and 10 tonight, that number is going to be minus three by morning so if that's something you like i would definitely get to it right now but when you think about okc this is an extremely drive heavy team they get to the paint they attack aggressively that's how you generate more blocks that is what we're asking for and now you got a guy that's seven foot six averaging 3.1 blocks in 25 minutes give it to me man let's go Wemby's gonna get like six tonight all right yeah i love it i love it last game on the slate wait scott did i get a player part for you I like the Wemby angles, too. I'm not going to yeah. overthink it. Atlanta Hawks. They're back, Scott. Catching six and a half at Golden State. 235 and a half is total. Trey Young is still out in a concussion, concussion protocol. He's still out. Very important information there. Wesley Matthews is out. Bruno Fernando's questionable. No DeAndre Hunter for the Golden State Warriors. Brandon uh, Potter. Scott, how the heck do Podzimski? Is that it? I just I call him Pods if that makes you feel any better. You're a tennis guy, so I figured you knew. Podzimski? Podzimski? I forget. Whatever. I'll have to go check the game and make sure I, I get his spelling right the next time. I always forget every time I'm watching Warriors to listen for his name. Chris Paul, Gary Payton, Moses Moody, all out. Well, besides the fact that I wouldn't lay points with Golden State. <laughs> Trey Young's not here. We got to keep taking. I know it didn't work last time, but we got to keep firing because he is determined, determined to play a game. And Scott, we still have our our bet up on cut of is Deion is not DeAndre, but is Dejounte Murray going to leave the state of California during this road trip? Because he might be staying in LA, man. I don't know. I'm still take. I'm back in Dejounte Murray. He's been having good games, and I'm I'm really cool with the backing Atlanta narrative while Trey is out. Like I I feel like I'm bought into this narrative, and it's not because we got that Miami win as a eight point dog. So Scott, what are you doing here? Plus six and a half with Atlanta on the road at Golden State. It's such a weird spot, and I personally hate trying to handicap these games after a tragedy because you're trying to turn a tragedy into an angle to bet on or against the team. Uh, it was just kind of a scummy thing to do, but I'm going to lead the Golden State. One of their coaches died. I recognize that it's going to be a home game. Emotions are going to be running high. I can't say there's any real oh, is this the first analysis game? behind it. They haven't played since. They had a couple games that got canceled. Oh, wow. I think they show up for this game. Once again, it feels scummy trying to use a, a coach's death as an angle to bet on a team, but I got to at least mention it. People are going to use tragic magic. tragic magic if they yeah, want to. Magic. I'm going to I'm going to lean to the Warriors. I think they find a way to get the job done at home. Oh, he might have just I didn't realize. I forgot that they didn't play a game since that. Oh, crap. All right, Stu, what do you like? 
Yeah, you, I, I was just handicapping it on paper. I, I didn't realize that because I know people like the the data guys will say don't overreact to this kind of stuff. But what I mean, in, in a season that like you know there's only 80 games, a guy just died. Like I, I really don't know how you factor that into anything. To be honest, I, originally I I lean the Hawks in this just because I don't like laying the Warriors as favorites. I think if you've laid them as more, more than a five point favorite so far this year, you're probably not having a pretty good time so far. So in general, I, I do not like the Warriors in this game, but that really does change everything. Like when you have like an emotional kind of tragedy like that and like that, that rallies a team around. So even though I was kind of leaning towards the, the Hawks, there's absolutely no way I can make that bet. Like knowing like these guys, th- this was serious, you know, this was like some serious stuff and that's going to have an effect you know we can't say either way how it's gonna go but for me that just makes it like kind of a no bet for me i'm not gonna Mm. bet it but i'm rooting for golden state tonight i'll put it that way yeah okay dang i forgot about that that's a really good angle (laughs) kind of want an action on the side there i won't play it i won't play it all right i do think it'll be points though i think this is a game for points player props scott what do you like I'm expecting uh, – I mean, if I'm picking Golden State to win the game, that means Curry's going to have to drop 30. That's the only way that they actually win games. So I'll link to Curry overs, but – What's this uh, price prop nowadays? I think it's at 28 like, and a half. It was at one point it got to 27 and a half. Yeah, it's at 28 and a half. So. I don't know if I really have much for props. I mean, Atlanta defensively has been a mess. Yes, they're better with Trey, but they're not great at rebounding, but I don't know who can rebound in Golden State, so that's kind of a wash, but – I think Draymond could have a big game on the boards, maybe. But once again, you're kind of just picking at a roster that I really don't like that much. So, yeah, I don't really have much for props. I'll lean to Golden State, but I guess uh, I kind of have to like Golden State third quarter, right? Just don't mess with tradition at this point. Yeah. Uh, Trevor says he liked Golden State in the first quarter. I do like that. I think that's a pretty good play. Come out really early, energize, tragic magic, all of that. I think that's a good, good play, Golden State in the first quarter. Stu, play your props. Yeah, I'll probably ride that angle as well. I think that makes a lot of sense. For me, I like Onyeka Okongwu in this matchup. When you look at it, Atlanta splits their center minutes 50-50 with him and Capella. And just frankly, recently, Capella, whether he hasn't been playing fantastic basketball, has been losing more out on that share, right? Before it was kind of a 30-18 to 18 or maybe a 28-20. to 20. Okongwu's played over 27 minutes in four of his last five games. He's almost, even though he's not starting, he's closing more of these games. He's having more overall minutes. And you just talked about it. The rebounding is great on both sides of the ball. I think there's plenty of opportunities. But when you actually look at the talent, you, it gets a little bit harder, right? I don't really want to bet Draymond rebounds. I don't want to bet Capella. I think Okongwu, the guy off the bench that's going to have that really low number that's kind of been sneakily playing better, I think is my favorite like value target in this game. But I definitely agree with the Curry look as well. If you like the Warriors, I mean, it's not Klay Thompson dropping 35. It's not, it's not Draymond Green. You know, I think it's definitely got to be Curry. All right. That's it. 10-game slate. I'm going to close out with a lock and dog pick stew. Basically, best pet, any best bet, any plus money play you got on your card, you can play that as a dog. Uh, let you know that I do shame people for having dogs that are under plus 140 because those are puppies, not dogs. So I do sh- publicly shame those people. All right. I'll kick us off. For my lock. This number is growing, and I, I mean, I'm not afraid. Give him Memphis plus ten and a half. Get it done. Just get it done. It's, it's automatic. Memphis plus. I thought 10 that might have been your dog play. I think you're going to make a case for Memphis money line. 
I mean, uh, you do. I mean, of course, I'm gonna have something on the money line, but I didn't. I didn't have to jump all the way there. I didn't have to jump all the way there, and it's because I actually kind of sold myself on this Lamelo triple double in a win with Charlotte. <laughs> I kind of like as I as I started thinking about it, I kind of sold myself on it, but uh, I won't even take it that far. But I do really think that we should play Charlotte money line today because the Detroit Pistons, as a favorite this season. And yes, they've been a favorite multiple times this season. 0-3. 0-3 is a favorite, and here they are again. I mean, let's just go for the sweep. Let's just go for the sweep and get Detroit out of here in their season early. And after we get this sweep, they just don't come back and play basketball, and they forfeit every game. Like, that feels pretty all right with me. And we get to save Kate Cunningham from getting hurt again this season. And then next year, we get to do it all again because this Detroit team, no matter what they do, they don't make positive additions that actually equate to winning basketball games. So... I can't pull up. Wow. I don't know why that's not pulling up. I don't have a line on it, but it's going to be LaMelo points and Charlotte money line. I will. Oh, here we go. All right. Thank you, DraftKings. So we'll go with Charlotte money line and we'll put LaMelo for how many? What's his regular points brought today? 27 and a half. We'll do 30. 30 and a win for LaMelo plus 270. Scott, what do you like today? All right. Uh, so for my lock, uh, I think I actually am going to go with a dog play here, or at least a plus money play. Give me Middleton under five and a half assists at plus 120. I don't understand that line at all. Uh, I just think that that's a misprice, uh, especially based on how he's done with the assists recently. You can argue with the new coach angle. Maybe that changes anything. Offensively, no. They've been good offensively. The issue is defense. Uh, but you're looking at Middleton's assists last couple games. He's been flying under, and he had two assists in the last game against Cleveland. That was with Giannis not playing, so he had more usage for Middleton, and he still flew under. I think you're just looking at a number that's a bit too high. I think a big reason for it is because he had 11 in the first meeting. But going through the last couple of games for Middleton, and once again, he's had less than five in three straight games, and it's plus 120. And Cleveland's allowing the second fewest assists per game in the league. So I think 120 is an insane price. Uh, give me Middleton under, five and a half assists as my lock. For my dog... I might want to get crazy with it, but I'm wondering how crazy do I go? A part of me kind of wants to give out Shengun triple double at 28 to one, just to go absolutely nuts. But do I want to do that? You know what? Yeah, let's have some fun. Give me Shengun triple double at 28 to one. There we go. There we go. See, we, we, we have a guest. Have on. Why not? I'll go big. Yeah. Forward. Why not? 28 to one. Love it. All right, Stu, close us out. Sounds good. My lock of the day. We're going Minnesota. Their first quarter team total over 30 and a half. I think they come out extremely aggressive. Obviously, we saw the narratives. We saw the cat situation. I think Minnesota comes out and absolutely slams the door on Washington in the first quarter. For a long shot, I'm going to Victor Webinyama. We're going to have him to have five blocks tonight. You can get Ooh. five blocks. at Plus 800 is the best price in market and some other other spots have plus 500 as well. I think that is something that is still a solid enough price. When you look at Webb and Yama, the blocks, there's a very high range of outcomes. He's going from one to five to one to five. So I know it sounds like such a high, scary number, but the 3.1 average is really reflected by a bunch of spike weeks and then a couple lesser weeks, right? So he's consistently getting to that number. We know how aggressive the Thunder are at attacking the rim. I like the three as the baseline play, but I think they keep attacking, attacking, attacking and I think he gets the job done in the blocks department. He's freaking seven foot six, guys. A block is a lot easier for him than it is for the rest of us. I like getting the plus money on Victor Webinyama. 
I changed my mind on my dog because everybody had really, really high priced dogs and I felt left out. So LaMelo triple double and a win for Charlotte, 11 to one. It, it was it was pretty pretty annoying. I, I felt very very left out. I was way under the eight ball there. All right. I think you can argue Stu. if you wanted a safer dog for me once again. You can do the Suns and Mavericks each team trail by ten and win the game, which is an option. <laughs> uh, but let me yeah. see what the price is on that if I could find it because that that market's actually been pretty good to me. Uh, I don't see well, it up right now, but when it gets posted. All right, hey, Stu. Appreciate you for joining us today. Please let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, no, you can find me over on Twitter at Monotone Football. I've been posting free player props over the NFL and NBA every day for the last four years. That is my plan for the next four years, trying to make people smarter, betters, get out the best information possible. Additionally, I'm live Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 1 p.m. EST for Pass the Prop. Our sports podcast kind of similar to what you guys do, where me and my co-host go through games Give our best bets. Hopefully make some money along the way. That's live at 1 p.m. today if you want to join me over there. Always appreciate the invite, guys. Terrell, me and you had a lot of fun arguing football over the year. I hope we can continue to do that in basketball, football, whatever. So I appreciate the invite. And, yeah, thank you guys for letting me on here. Of course, of course, my man. Thank you for making it. Scott, anything else for the people before we get up out of here? Yeah, you want to do an underdog lineup or no? Yeah, I almost forgot again. I'm sorry. All right. Let me just go ahead and make that real quick. So let's see. Wimby, it starts and ends with Wimby here. If they have the uh, blocks, we'll just take that. Wait, I don't even think they have. Do they not have that game? Hold on. They're scared. They're listening. That's what, right that's what, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, they're listening. What the heck? Why am I? Hold on. Hold on. This is moving weird. Let's close the app, open it back up. There we go. Can I get the now I can see everything. Between Booker and Luca, can I get the technical fouls between? Oh, Luka they don't even have Wemby out yet. They don't have anybody for the Spurs up. All right. Let's see here. Let's. I mean, you like Lamelo, so we can just do Lamelo PRA mixed with I don't know Shangun PRA and something like we that. We got Anthony Edwards that eight that eight first quarter points. Is that you eight want, or seven want? and a half? It's that eight higher. Okay, I, I was gonna say because eight eight's actually kind of a big number there if you're going for first quarter points. So yeah, every point matters when you get that push. It's a little ugly. I don't play pushes on DFS apps. Uh, pretty much. I don't either. If I'm throwing in money on the DFS app, I'm I'm either winning or I'm losing. <laughs> I don't want right. I don't want the reduced payout. But let's go. Then we can go Lamelo. Let's and we don't even have to go big with Lamelo. They don't even have his triple double. That's crazy. You guys suck. But I'll just take his double double. Shout out to the sponsor of the podcast. Hey, man, I'm critical of everybody, man. I'm critical of everybody. It don't matter if you're giving us money or not. But, yeah, no, still rock with Underdog. But I'm going to make sure that you know that you guys really should have a mellow triple-double up here. All right, I'll put double-double. That'll be my play. What else did we like? Shangun. I, I, I mentioned Middleton if you wanted to go for any of those. But we like Shangun double double. Shang- yeah. What's double double at? They have double double. Just, that's just it. Just oh, double sure. higher. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I said triple, like. so that's I went overkill. Yeah. Double doubles. <laughs> yeah. Higher. All right. So we got two double doubles for Shangun and Lamelo. We need one more. I said the Middleton assists. If you just want to run back my plays, unless you wanted something. Oh yeah. Else. Yeah. 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 I could do Donovan Mitchell if you want to go with that angle. Mm. Luca as well. Luca, oh, Luca, yeah, we got to do Luca. Luca, Phoenix, we got to do Luca. 
Okay, Luca. So it's Luca. We can get Luca thirty-three and a half points. Sure. It's like there's never a point total where I get with Luca, and I'm like, oh, that's too high. Is he supposed to taunt Booker after twenty-eight points? No, it's after forty. So yeah, we'll go. We'll go with the higher than thirty-three. Petty G said, Terrell, you got me together with LaMelo for my B-Day before it's that time again. Oh, is it really? Oh, is it that time of year where we start betting LaMelo and he cashes for us again? I, I can't wait. <laughs> All right. Underdog lineup. Luca higher, 33 and a half points. Alfred Shangoon, higher, half a double-double. And LaMelo Ball, higher, half a double-double. That pays 6-1 to one on underdog. Make sure you use that promo code SGPN. $100 gets you $600. Other than that. Appreciate everybody for rocking with us for the show. 77 people in the chat. Make sure you like the video on the way out. And for everybody listening to us via podcast, make sure, one, you tap into us via YouTube, youtube.com slash NBA Gambling Podcast. And shout out to Chris Johnson, podcast listener, uh, joined us for the show today. Appreciate you. Everybody else that listens via podcast, make sure you give us a five-star rating and review. And other than that, I do like the Brandon Miller play, JR. Other than that, I have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. No other way of ending the podcast. Just going to end it like this. We are out of here. Basketball, give it, give it, give me the ball because I'm gonna.